Welcome to the Lafkate podcast. Lafkate is a seasoned teacher of the Word of God, an author and pastor of Vision Impact Church, a thriving church in Ghana. And now, today's message. I'm speaking a message I've titled Knowing Jesus. If you will, please open your Bibles with me to Matthew chapter 16, and I'll read verse 13 to 15. I'm reading from the New International Version. Knowing Jesus. When Jesus came to the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, who do people say the son of man is? Knowing Jesus. So under knowing Jesus, today's subtitle is who is Jesus? Who is Jesus? And so this who is Jesus is the same question Jesus asked his disciples. He says, who do people say Jesus is? Who do people say, the people in Ghana, the people in your community, the people everywhere else, who do people say Jesus is? Who do people say the Son of Man is? They reply, some say John the Baptist, others say Elijah, and still others, Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. But what about you? Jesus asked. What about you, 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 you? What about you? Who do you say I am? Who is Jesus? When Jesus asked the questions, and I want to first look at question one, who do people say the Son of Man is? The disciples replied, which I read, that some say you are John the Baptist, Elijah, Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. That was the answer. And we'll come back to the answer. But there were various answers and that I believe the disciples presupposed that Jesus had heard them all already. And so why is he asking them what are people saying? Many times, church people know things the pastors don't know. Uh, a pastor in a very big church, a younger pastor, he used to be an elder and he was raised to the level of a pastor and ordained. He tells his story, he said, as soon as before he became a pastor, he had so many friends in church and they talk about everything in church. They talk about the pastors, they talk about the way of doing things, the ones they liked, the ones they didn't like. But suddenly he was ordained as a pastor and everybody stopped talking to him. And he, he became lonely. Hallelujah. Church people like to talk, you know. It's just a people institution and people are people. Not until they give the answer to knowing Jesus. Knowing Jesus. But until that time, they just talk. 
free-range conversation, anyhow only, no recourse, that the word that is coming out can heal or hurt. And so the disciples probably were thinking, by Jesus, you hear people saying everything about you. What, what, what haven't they said about you that you didn't hear? But maybe truly, Jesus didn't hear some of the things people were saying. Maybe that's why he knows that the church people will know more. Because they, they talk and they hear anything. So he was asking, who are they saying that I am? And they gave us, they gave to Jesus beautiful answers in the range of you are a prophet, which we will come to. But as I did a study, what I realized is, amazingly, many people had different things they said about Jesus, and we cannot go into all that. But firstly, Jesus' own family. In Mark chapter 3, verse 21, Jesus' own family considered him a madman. That is who they thought Jesus is or was in the flesh. The Bible says when his family heard about this, about what? Jesus was healing the sick, the crowds were on him, he was teaching the word of God. Is this something that should make the family call him mad? Hmm. Our judgments, our understanding, how we read through the lines and we don't know we are reading error instead of accepting people just as they are. Just as they are. When his family heard about this, they went to take charge of him. For they said, he is out of his mind. It's in the Bible. Mark chapter 3 verse 21. They said, Jesus is out of his mind. Because the measure by which they were judging their son, their brother, their sibling, their, 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 their cousin, their nephew, the measure is the measure of this world. The box they put down which every human being must fit into. Jesus, you are not supposed to overdo things. So if you are overdoing something, then you are crazy. You are raving mad. That's what the family thought. And so my mind went back into scripture and I wondered, since when did the family begin to treat Jesus as though he had no mind of his own? Since when? The Bible doesn't tell us so many things about Jesus' growing up. External reporting that did not make it into the canon of the Bible. Some people will say strange things Jesus did. Uh, but those who were compiling the Bible decided to work with the four people who worked closely with Jesus. I.e. Peter worked with Jesus closely and he reported all that he saw to Mark to write down for him. Luke was a medical doctor who said he made an extensive research before he was writing. Once what he wrote was in agreement to what Peter said and what Matthew said and what John said, it was accepted into canon. Hallelujah. And so Luke told us in Luke chapter 2 and verse 42 uh, that it was 
Passover and Jesus was 12 years old and his parents took him to the temple in Jerusalem. But after the Passover, they left and they did not realize that Jesus was not with them. For three days, parents walked and did not realize that their son was not with them. And so they had to go back to Jerusalem to go and look for Jesus. And when they found Jesus, uh, the mother was the one who was the voice of the family. He said, son, why have you done this to us? Don't you see your father and I were so anxious looking for you? Anxious looking for you. Were they really anxious that they didn't see him? If they were that anxious, why didn't they care for him? And they did not realize he was not there. So Jesus was under this. Remember when we read Mark chapter 3 and verse 21, they went to take Jesus away, but the man was 30 years old. <laughs> Maybe he was about 31, but they went to take him away because of control. And I see in Luke chapter 2, it was the same control that they were doing. That they thought about him as one who cannot think for himself. He cannot think for himself. He didn't know he was tired and he had to go home and, and, and go and rest. He didn't know that he's a minor and he has to work, work with his parents. What did Jesus say? Don't you know that I have to be about my father's business? Hallelujah. Don't you know, Jesus he said, don't you know that the house of God is what consumes me? The things of God is what consumes me. My passion is to see the kingdom come. Hallelujah. Then there was the teachers of the law, the gurus of religion. They say something else about Jesus. And they had so many things to say. He's demon possessed. Demon possessed right on the heels of the family going to take Jesus, in verse 22 of Mark chapter 3, it says, the teachers of the law said the things Jesus was doing, casting out demons, healing the sick, they said he was doing it because he himself had built Zebub, demon possessed. And sometimes Jesus will heal people, and they said he's a blasphemer, he's a blasphemer. The truth, Jesus is the truth, the word of God, not a truth teller, but the truth. But the people who ought to know that he is the truth, they didn't know. They said he's a liar. He doesn't tell the truth. He blasphemes. If the truth were in him, why would he say he's the son of God? How can man be God? He's blaspheming. The interesting one in Luke chapter 7 and verse 34, they called him a gluten and a drunk. So to some people, Jesus loved food. He only went into people's homes to go and eat. He loved food, too much of food. And he is a drunkard. This came from Jesus' own lips. That is how people saw him. But Jesus went on before I go there, remember that the disciple says, some say, the long and short of it, you are one of the prophets, the disciples. Some are saying, some people care for you a bit, 
They are not saying you are a wizard. They are not saying all the things I've enumerated. And so Jesus asked the disciples, you, who do you say that I am? Who is Jesus? And Peter said, you are the Messiah. The discourse continued and Jesus said, flesh and blood did not reveal to you that I'm the Christ, the anointed one. It's not flesh and blood. It takes the spirit of the Lord to reveal to you the Jesus you are working with. As we talk about what people are saying, if Jesus were to ask you the same question, who do you say that Jesus is? What will be your answer? To some people, Jesus was healer. Because if your blood were flowing for 12 years and you crawled on your knees and you held the hem of Jesus' garment and suddenly the flow stopped, who do you say Jesus is? He's healer. If you were hungry in the wilderness somewhere and there's no food and Jesus who said that you are following me, not for me, but for the food. You ate it, you ate it, and you are still following me to eat it. So who is Jesus to you? The one who provides your daily bread. Of course, he has said that when we pray, we should say that, give us today our daily bread. But is that all Jesus is to you? If your son were dead, your brother were dead, your daughter were dead, and Jesus appeared and said, no, she's not dead. She's not dead. And then she says, little girl, arise. And indeed, she arose and you got your child back. Who is Jesus to you? The man who does miracles and is able to raise the dead. The man who went to the tomb of Lazarus, Lazarus, who was dead for four days, and he was able to just say, thank you, Father, Lazarus, come forth. And Lazarus came forth. Who is he to Matthew and Mary? Whoa! The man who is able to raise the dead, even if they are decaying. And as you listen to the word of God, I believe that something is dead and decaying and you are hiding it, you polished it up, you put it in suit or you put it in long skirt and kaba. But it's dead, you know it's thinking. Life is being taken out of you. And yet because you live among people, nobody should know your thing. I don't know the thing about us, but we don't want anybody to know our thing. It seems sometimes we go to God and we think we can cover up before him. He wouldn't know. We, we, we say we are praying, but are we really talking to him? Are we really? Are we really saying, Jesus, I give you a chair. Please sit down. I must tell you this. Are we really saying, Jesus, I don't understand it. Yes, and I'm angry. You are my father. I'm angry. Do something about my emotional pain. Do something about my torment in my mind. Do something about my empty pocket. Do it now. I was talking to someone last night. and I didn't give a response. Gradually, I'm learning the wisdom thing, you know. I knew he was trying to ask me, Reverend, what do you think? What do you think? Because he was telling me, one of our pastors preached a great sermon. And I went to him and I said, okay, uh, if we cannot, okay, I can't, something to that effect. I'm not really quoting verbatim. That's not my message. So I want to just make a point. If my rent is due, and you say God does things in his time 
and the rent has a time and I have to pay the rent and the money is not coming, what do I do? Can't I ask God why he's not, or can't I make a demand on God to do it now? As you are saying, he will do it in his time. Then he finished and he said, Reverend, I can't really remember the answer he gave me. And he paused. And I knew he was asking me, give me your answer. And I didn't give him an answer. Hallelujah. Why did I tell you that? Many of us are at that place where we feel like life is coming to an end. And so pastor said, God will do it. God will do it. We have been believing God in the year of the spirit. God will do amazing things, great things. Why is he not doing it? But I came to announce to you, when you encounter who Jesus is, you are able to wait on the Lord. And again, I said, wait, Psalm 27 and verse 14. I'll conclude. It's not, it's not something. It just dropped in my spirit. Mm. Hallelujah. Oh. Are we in Psalm 27 and verse 14? Wait for the Lord. Be strong and take heart and wait for the Lord. Wait for the Lord. Be strong and take heart and wait for the Lord. Who is Jesus to you? Is he Lord? Is he Savior? Healer? Provider? Deliverer? Who is he to you? Are you thinking he's just one of the prophets? Then if your prophet died, your Jesus died. Your prophet died, your Jesus died. But as we continue doing this study, we'll come to realize, I, I want to know Jesus. I want to know him. Let us move from peripherals to the real thing. Let us move from the corners to the deep things of God. We need to know who is Jesus. You can know Ronaldo by seeing him on TV, but you don't know him. You can know Messi, you can know Pate by seeing him on the TV, but you don't know him. You can even know your pastor standing physically with you. You touch me, you don't know me. Hallelujah. You don't know me. You judge me, but you don't know me. I don't know me is the spirit of the Lord who knows me. And that is why I must come and we must come to the place where we are eager and hungry to know who is the Jesus we are following. In particular, we have never been to Jerusalem 2,000 years ago. We did not walk with him as Peter and the other disciples were. We did not eat with him. Do you know husband and wife can be there? And every day is an opportunity to know one another. Every day. If you are married, it's a good thing to pray daily and say, help me to know my wife. Help me to know my husband. Help us to be open to one another. It is when we truly come to that place that we open up the innermost being, that we are intertwined with one another. And it is like we are reading one another's story. We enter into each other's soul. How much more, Jesus Christ? We must know Jesus who we have never seen. How would we know him? 
Would we refer to him that he's one of the prophets? Would we refer to him by our experiences because he healed your sickness, because he wiped your tears? Or would we know him so intimately that it doesn't matter what he did or did not do, we know that Jesus is Lord of all. Hallelujah. Amen. Shall we pray? What will knowing Jesus do for you? As we continue, we'll look. pray for yourself and say, Lord, I want to know you as you are. Pray for yourself. I want to know you, Jesus, as you are. I want to know more of you. Daily, daily know you as you are. Pray as you are. As you are. Hitherto it has been religion. I don't like it. I want the life that comes from the spirit of the Christ, the anointed one. So we join our hearts, O oh God, and we pray, asking that we shall know you. When you ask the question to us as you are asking this morning, as you are asking this morning, we shall be able to answer you, and you will say, as you said unto Simon Peter, it is a revelation by my Father unto you. We thank you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. I want to give an opportunity to anyone here who needs to know Jesus personally for yourself. Maybe you've, you've been coming to our church, but you don't know him. Maybe you go to another church, you are visiting. I was in church in my St. Paul's Methodist Church. I didn't know him. I would have gone to hell. All heads bow, please. If you want Jesus to come into your life, if you want to know Jesus, don't be ashamed. Don't be shy. Don't say another day. Today is the day of salvation. And that's the best thing that can ever happen to you. A visa for heaven. If you want to receive Jesus, lift up your hand. And I'll pray with you. You may have prayed that 200 times, but you know you don't know Jesus. It's your individual affair. If you want to know Jesus, he wants to know you more than you want to know him. He knows where you are, but he wants this conversation, this interaction. If you want to receive Jesus, I'm giving you this is more important than all what I've been preaching and teaching. If you want to know him, I want to pray with you. Don't harden your heart. Don't harden your heart. If you are listening to us elsewhere, pray the same prayer with us if you are receiving Jesus today. I believe many of you are saying, Lord Jesus, I want you. I want to know who you are. I don't want to know you as my grandfather's Jesus, my grandmother's Jesus but my Jesus. Say with me, Lord Jesus, I confess I'm a sinner. Forgive my sin. Come into my life. From today, I declare you are my Lord and you are my Savior. Write my name, O God, in the Lamb's book of life. 
In Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah. God bless you for listening to this message. Make sure to subscribe to this podcast to receive new messages every week. Until next time, remember, Jesus came that you may have and enjoy life and have it in abundance to the full till it overflows. Oh, 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 oh